Kia ora koutou. This is Stuff Explained. I'm Jess McCarthy. And this week, you know it's coming. A knock-knock at the door. There's a tiny witch or wizard on your doorstep and their sheepish-looking parents are standing behind them. They demand you hand over the tastiest things in your cupboard. And for once, you're supposed to give it to them. Oh, yeah. It's Halloween, and if you're anything like me, Halloween is just an excuse to stock up on treats that you can supply to imaginary kids that have never once knocked at your door. So is it all a bit of a commercial beater, or are there deeper historical roots which make it a legitimate celebration? To guide us through the horrors of Halloween is Lorna Piati farnell Cultural Studies Professor at AUT. For me, Halloween is actually just kind of seeing it in the shops but I assume this is not where Halloween started so where on earth did it come from? Actually Halloween is uh, commonly understood at least talked about as having its roots in the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain and Samhain in the northern hemisphere was an autumn festival a harvest festival and would run for the whole month of November. The festivities would actually begin on what was known as the eve of Samhain which was the 31st of October and already we uh, recognize that date as being somewhat significant for our purposes. And there would be a lot of celebrations to, you know, like self Samhain. Uh, communities were like bonfires and, you know, members of the community would take little embers from the fire to their home to signify like, coming together and being part of the celebrations. And there were a lot of other ways, uh, other rituals, you know, like that would signify this very important time of the year. Now, what was somewhat in a mystical way also believed to happen during the eve of Samhain is that the boundary between this world and the next would be believed to be at its thinnest. So this was a time when the spirits were actually able to come and visit. And sometimes the spirits were a little bit mischievous, shall we say, and liked to pay, play tricks on the living. So part of the celebrations was also to, in, in certain parts, to uh, dress up in uh, very flamboyant costumes to either appease the spirits or scare off the spirits, depending which tradition we're actually looking at. I can already like notice a couple of themes that do actually exist today. You mentioned the trick or treat, the dressing up. What was it about that harvest period that allegedly made the spirits more likely to come and visit? Well, you see, like harvest periods, autumnal period in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, for the Celtic calendar, it was actually the end of the year everything that they're done throughout the year the spring you know communion with the earth you know getting the food the animals everything that would be the end and they would be preparing for winter that was approaching so it was a very felt time it was a very involved time so it is not difficult to see why that would be picked also as the most spiritual time of the year is a time of ending, but at the same time is a time of beginnings as well. So the perfect opportunity for the spirits to mix and mingle with us. Was the trick-or-treating thing something that happened naturally in bringing kids into it? How did the, how did it become such a big thing? If we go back to Samhain, one of the things that we said that people would do, of course, would dress up in costumes, like we said, to either appease or scare off the spirits. Now, over time when Christianity arrived, this practice was sort of like continued, but of course, Christian undertones were put onto it. And that's actually where the connection with children started to become apparent. And it's sort of like from the late medieval period onward, when children would actually dress up in these colorful costumes and go begging, in inverted commas, for treats, you know, either food or other gifts uh, intended to bring comfort to the souls of purgatory. Now, this practice was known and still is known in parts of the world, including in Scotland, as guising. 
And it was a very important part of Old Hallow's Eve celebration, you know, of Halloween celebration, as we know. And once Hallowtide became established in the Catholic Church and the culture that went with it. Now, trick-or-treating is, shall we say, the North American name for the practice and definitely doesn't have, as far as I'm aware, for most children, uh, any of the spiritual association that the old guising would have had, but it's definitely there. So it's a later practice to see it as just something to do in the community and not necessarily a religious practice. And so kind of it, over the hundreds of years that it's existed, it's gone from the Harvest Festival and just kind of lent into the spooky side of things. Why has that happened? Well, you see, the spooky thing, remember, history is never a straight line, right? So we don't quite go from A to B, from B to C, et cetera, et cetera, quite as easily. So there are a little, a few offshoots that we need to consider, you know, when that happened. You know, like Samhain, and bear in mind that some people still celebrate Samhain in some um, spiritual religious denominations, including Wicca. So it's still something that's very much part of our contemporary environment as well. But as far as Halloween is concerned, you know, we need to sort of like fast forward a little bit at the time when Christianity actually arrived. Now, Christianity uh, over its history has had a penchant, shall we say, for incorporating pre-existing, pre-Christian, in inverted commas, pagan beliefs and celebrations that would have been very important to the community. And again, he didn't just go from one to the other. But when he did, what was definitely transported was the practice of honoring that period as associated with spirits, with the dead, with otherworldliness and with spirituality in general. Uh, so the spooky side, you know, like wasn't a, a natural transition. It took many, many, many years. Like when Christianity actually incorporated a lot of the Samhain celebrations, what was established is what is still known, especially in the Catholic Church, as the period of Hallowtide. Now, Hallowtide incorporates All Hallows' Eve on 31st of October, uh, All Saints' Day on the 1st of November, and All Souls' Day on the 2nd of November, also known in parts of the world as the Day of the Dead. So we start seeing there where it was actually Christianity that really placed the focus, you know, like on Samhain celebrations as connected to, to, to you know, to death but not necessarily death itself the celebration of the departed and the celebration of our connection connection to those who have passed on and hallowtide is still very much celebrated today so halloween as we know it today is a little bit of a mixture of its pagan roots its christian denominations and of course for the majority of people who celebrate it it's a very secular holiday you mentioned the other day of the dead so that's still a big thing in mexico isn't it is that the same time and same kind of stuff as we're talking about it is a very big thing in mexico but bear in mind that the day of the dead all souls is celebrated in that way in all catholic countries right you know like and in other you know christian denominations as well but particularly in in catholicism now it's really heartfelt and really important part of the community in mexico like dia de muertos it's really, really a big deal. And there are many ways of celebrating many customs and many rituals around that. And in Mexico, you know, like they do big parades and people have the tradition of going to the cemetery and bringing offerings and waiting for the departed to come and visit on the day, which again, has a lot of echoes of that Samhain connection, you know, like of spirits coming over and coming to visit. But also the Day of the Dead in Mexico is also entangled, shall we say, with lots of pre-Christian, you know, beliefs that honor the death itself. Death to be seen not as something to be feared, 
but just as a part of life and a natural progression of how we're here. So there's lots of entanglements there in Mexico, but it's definitely, while not the only country that celebrates the Day of the Dead and calls it, refers to it like that, definitely one of the countries that we really see where the importance of the connection and, and, and the idea that love lives on and that family is still there really comes to the foreground in this very important holiday. So it's a little bit more personal and emotional than what you might think is a tr- traditional Halloween celebration then. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think there have been some discussions sometimes people outside of the appropriate spiritual, cultural context appropriating a little bit, you know, like the symbolism, you know, like in the costumes that are so very heartfelt and important and, you know, like within the Mexican context. So that can be sometimes a little bit problematic. But as far as Mexico and other Latino countries are concerned, it's definitely a very important spiritual and family part of the celebration of the everyday. Has business had a big part to play in what we do and how we celebrate at the moment? Well, you see, like, of course, uh, Halloween is a very big thing in North America. And uh, while it has its roots in Europe and a lot of European celebrations and a lot of spiritual, you know, connections, there is no doubt that as far as the global context is concerned, as far as the global contemporary secular context is concerned, a lot of our understanding of Halloweens do come from North America and the way in which, you know, like especially the United States celebrates it. They've had such a big influx over the years of um, immigration from countries such as Ireland and Scotland, who of course would have had those Celtic traditions as part of their celebrations. So we can see how they would have been transported. Everything about the iconography of Halloween that we know today is definitely very much connected to the American context. And because of America's Americanization, commercialization, globalization, that image then was transported all over the world. And there's definitely a very commercialized side to Halloween. There are commercialized sides to everything, including Christmas, right? But that doesn't mean that the practice is not meaningful to people, that it's not important, that it doesn't bring the community together, just because it also has a commercialized side to it. Amazing. Hey, Lorna, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Well, that's it for this episode of Stuff Explained. I'm Jess McCarthy, and on behalf of our producers, Philippa Tolley and Jono Williams, thank you for listening. You can find more Stuff Explained online at stuff.co.nz and get our latest episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. No, that, I what, think Chris, the, it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. That's, Nothing iffy in there. On. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.